It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I, I decided that it's a little too early to do a top five. We're not even out of October yet, so I'm going to hold off on that. But there's still a lot to discuss. Before we break down the games from last night, um, you know, a couple of bit of items that we should mention, and that, of course, is the, the, the Pinto 41-game suspension. You know, he's working on a deal with Ottawa's not playing, and, and now negotiations have completely gotten flushed down the toilet. I don't know what his future is going to be. He's a good player. If you remember when we did the season preview with um, EJ, and he was talking about how high he was on the Ottawa Senators, but one of the reasons that he didn't go like full bore on it was because of Pinto's status. He's a good player, and he just can't like throw out, well, you know... Uh, even though he's out, I still feel good about the team. You don't know because there's still a lot up in the air as far as his status. And now it's crazy. And and I hear there's a lot of people accusing the NHL and sports in general for being hypocrites because they're in bed now with gambling. And there was a picture of Pinto, and I guess the sponsor for the Ottawa Senators on their helmet is one of the gambling sites up in Canada. So it's like, oh, what hypocrites. You know, he's got a gambling site on his helmet, and yet he gets suspended 41 games. Well, rules are rules. I mean, just because these sports are now in bed with these apps and gambling is legal doesn't all of a sudden give you carte blanche to just do what you want. Now, I do think it's silly that the NFL's got a rule that if you bet on games outside of the sport you play at the facility, you're subject to suspension. But if you do it in the privacy of your own home, it's okay. I don't know. There's a line that just seems to be blurred by the relationship with these apps. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're hypocrites. There's money to be made through the sponsorship with the gambling, embracing the gambling. But that doesn't all of a sudden mean that you can now bet and violate whatever rules your sport has. I mean, I always think it's ridiculous where they go, oh, uh, they should let uh, Pete Rose back into baseball because now gambling's legal. <laughs> no, it does not absolve what Pete Rose did. First of all, gambling was illegal when he did it in the 80s, and it's always been a rule in Major League Baseball that if you bet on baseball, especially betting on your own team, even your own team to win, that you're subject to banishment. And the NHL, we still have not gotten, at least at, at this recording, which right now is at 12.46 Eastern time on Friday, the details in which Pinto did it. Apparently, it was uh, the investigation showed that on his computer, some red flags came up. So what was the amount of money that he was betting? Uh, was he um, betting on teams from the Ottawa area? I, I, don't, I don't know what red flags came up, but apparently... It was enough to be able to issue a suspension, and he must have known the rules, violated them. So I, I really don't see how how um, th- this is being hypocritical. Just because there's a relationship with gambling does not necessarily mean that you now have carte blanche to break the rules. So I wish I had a little bit more information on it. I don't. Uh, but the one thing I do wish is that people would stop throwing out the hypocrite card, uh, really just on all sports, not just the NHL because they're in bed with these gambling. You you knew it. I knew it. I said it to everybody at the time that 
gambling was going to become legal is that it's really going to open up a Pandora's box as far as the influx of cash that these sports are going to be able to take advantage of. I mean, everybody thinks, well, you only bet on football. Everybody bets on everything. And now they've made it just so easy for you. And it's such a a cash cow for these sports. They'd be ridiculous to ignore it. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should now be able to go and gamble. I can't when when, um, if I were doing the Jets pre and post when this happened, I I wouldn't be allowed. They'd be frowned down upon. I probably would get fired if the Jets found out that like before before the pregame, I was going to the FanDuel uh, place over at the Meadowlands and placing bets. No, there's certain relationships that are just understood. And you're a player, you're a coach, you're a manager, whatever. You work for a team. Um, you can't bet on the sport. And, and for whatever reason, the rules are, if you want to bet on other sports, don't do it in the, at the facility. Follow rules. That's it. It's, a, it's like what's happening with the Michigan scouting scandal. Yeah, it just seems silly. I can't go buy a ticket to an Ohio State game and scout them, but it's a rule. If you violate the rule, then you're going to get in trouble with the NCAA. You know, hate the rule, but don't all of a sudden absolve the people that decide to break the rule. We do not live in a society in which you can pick and choose the rules that you like and don't like. I like that rule, so I'm going to abide by it. I hate that rule, or I think that rule's stupid, so I'm going to do what I want. That's not the way the world works. Um, Benchrum, uh, a major hit from Clutterbuck in the Ottawa loss to the Islanders last night as he was taken off the ice on a stretcher. I didn't have a problem with the hit it was along the boards but i didn't see it was boarding uh he had the puck so i don't look at it as interference um i, I don't i don't really see that there's anything any discipline is going to come to clutterbuck it was just an ugly situation in which he went down it, it looked like almost a whiplash situation he kind of came down on the ice uh around the shoulder just below the neck and his head seemed to kind of hit the ice or or just snap back so hopefully he's okay did not look like a good scene at all the injury update from the senator's communications team last night was that uh eric brandstrom is alert had use of his extremities and has been transported to the local hospital for further evaluation your typical update in these types of situations but i guess better news than right than the alternative so there's where we stand. Thank you, Anthony, for that on what's happening uh, with the uh, with Benstrom in the Ottawa situation. All right, let's go to uh, the games from last night. There were a slew of them, very interesting contests. And th- there's a bunch of reasons why you don't bet. One of the reasons you don't bet is what happened in the Tampa Bay Buffalo game last night. But, you know, that we'll talk about that uh, um, maybe on the Michael K show today, but that's the NFL. But in the NHL, like, who would think the way Pittsburgh was playing – that Pittsburgh would be the one to snap Colorado's 15-game road winning streak. Pretty incredible, Not me. Right? You know, and 4 nothing to boot. I mean, the Avalanche, with all their firepower, get shut out as they lose to Pittsburgh 4 nothing. Um, a couple of goals for Smith. Crosby gets his fourth of the year. It's pretty interesting, right? And Sidney Crosby is fascinating. We spend so much time talking about Ovechkin because he's the one that's now 70 goals away from tying Gretzky, 71 from breaking Gretzky's record. But Sidney Crosby is just so amazing. And I know a lot of Ranger fans, Devil fans, Islander fans here in the local area, and I'm sure Flyer fans or anybody else in the Metropolitan Division kind of doesn't want to love the guy because he's Sidney Crosby. He's so good, and you know, he's been known to flop, and he's been known to dive, and he's been known to get in the ear of the officials, and he's just so damn good. I can understand why maybe a lot of people don't like him. A lot of fans don't like him, but damn, he's good. He And, and just continues... As he's getting older now, 
Um, you, you, you get to the point where you're 35, 36 years old. He still continues to produce. He was able to fight through all the concussion situations. And even what has been a kind of a tough start to the year for Pittsburgh, there he is with his four goals, still gets his points, and still is able to maintain his relevancy. Um, pretty pretty incredible stuff that's going on. And even Pittsburgh now with the, with Latang and Malkin still with Pittsburgh. It's the longest uh, tenure for three players on the same team and even surpassed um, – what was going on with Posada, Jeter, um, it, with the uh, New York uh, Yankees. So uh, pretty pretty incredible those three have been able to stay together. It doesn't feel like Pittsburgh is that much better than last year with the addition of Carlson, but still, we're still very early along in the season. Uh, Bruins, uh, and again, why would you bet? Would you ever think that the Bruins' first loss would come at home against the Ducks? Would you think it would come when they were up 3 nothing? Did you think it would come when they were up 3-1 with less than two minutes to play in regulation? No way, but they get a couple of goals late, tie it, win it in overtime on the McTavish goal, and Boston suffers their first loss of the season, although they still earned a point. Carlson, the 18-year-old for the Ducks, he got his second goal, made it 3-2. That came with a little less than two minutes to play. Uh, moments later, Terry gets his second to tie the game at three. McTavish gets the game winner, so the Bruins no longer undefeated as well. So Colorado's done. Uh, the undefeated streak is over. Boston still has a point streak, but they've lost their first game, so all that's left now is what the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to do, a perfect 7-0 and uh, to start the season. I'm a David Quinn fan. Um, Anthony will tell you that. Um, I, I thought he should not have gotten fired by the New York Rangers. I was glad that he hooked up with the San Jose Sharks, but damn, the Sharks are not good. Uh, 0-6-1 to start the season. They were killed by Tampa last night by the final score of 6 to nothing. Johansson, another shutout. He's got 23 on the season. Things are happening in Philadelphia, and they, they, I, I bet them to beat Vegas when I put together my 16-leg parlay for the Frozen Frenzy, and they had a lead going into the third period, ended up losing that game of regulation 3-2. Um, so they haven't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Lost to Dallas, but they came back with two late goals in that one to earn a point. Took care of the Wild 6-2. to so um, they have really played well. Uh, Travis Konecki has been their best player. He has got uh, six goals on the season. So that was really, really an impressive game. Hurricanes, God, the NHL didn't do them any favors by having them start out west. But they finally were able to return home, come back from 2-1 down, beat the Kraken in overtime. Natchez with two goals, including uh, the overtime game winner for Carolina. 45 shots on goal uh, for the Hurricanes in that contest. Speaking of a lot of shots on goal, Senators had 47 of them in that 3-2 loss out on the island, so Sorokin was terrific, um, So, but they just could not come up with the equalizer, pulled the goaltender late, didn't matter. Horvat gets a goal, Clutterbuck gets a goal, and despite blowing a 2-0 lead on goals by Chickering and Giroux, Dobson gets the game winner for the Islanders. Uh, Leafs beat the Stars by the final score of 4-1. to one. Four different goal scorers for Toronto. Tavares has had a nice start to the season. He's got four on the year. And now we go to Alberta, where like Alberta's on fire right now. I mean, the Flames get shut out by the Blues by the final score of, of, of 3 to nothing. Uh, and, and we were asked, uh, I, I want to punch it up here when I'm taking a look at um, Twitter, because we're going to be very interactive today. Uh, we want to be able to try to get as many um, tweets in as possible um, and be as interactive as possible today. But somebody had asked me about whether they made a mistake 
in in, in the coaching decision in Calgary. I don't know. It, it's very very early. Um, Huska's not a bad coach, but they, they they they're just not very talented. I mean, I, I, that's what it really comes down to. You know, Anderson's got suspended, and you saw it perfectly on the four on four um, during the course of the second period back on Tuesday. We mentioned this on on Wednesday that you just see how much more talented the Rangers are. So there's just not a lot there. You know, they've lost a lot of good players over the last few years, Johnny Gaudreau probably being the first one that pops to mind. So they're kind of in a transition period. I know they won the division a couple of years ago. They were a late exit um, last year uh, from the regular season. They hung on till the very end and then eventually missed the playoffs. This looks like a year that is going to be lost for them. So I'm not going to say that they made a mistake with the coaching change. Sutter obviously had to go for uh, for a myriad of reasons. He had been there a while, and it looked like he just ran his course. It's still very early, but I just think it's more of a talent problem in Calgary than it is any kind of coaching problem. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. However, with the Edmonton Oilers, you just wonder if Jay Woodcroft is somebody that might be on on the hot seat. You could say, wait a minute, Don, they went to the conference final two years ago, second round last year, went to a game seven. They've had more success in recent years than they've had like in the last 20 but they look like a mess. And don't tell me it's all because of Crosby being out. They look like a mess when they had Crosby. The only game they've won was that 6-1 win against Nashville. Otherwise, it's almost been non-competitive. Uh, it was, they just couldn't handle the Rangers last night. And it wasn't. And the Rangers played well. It was a good road period, um, a good road game for the Rangers. And they're 3-0 on this five-game Western swing. But they don't play any defense. Uh, they, they, their structure is just a mess right now. And the Rangers just took over in the second period, and that was that was it. And good for Jonathan Quick, too. I just want to mention he's now 2-0 and as a Ranger. Grew up a Ranger fan in Connecticut. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's got three Stanley Cups, two of which you know he was, was really responsible for in Los Angeles. He's got 377 career wins. No American goaltender has more shutouts than him. His 59th shutout last night cracks the top 20 all-time. So I think Quick's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And what looked like it was just kind of giving you a goodbye, get a chance to play for his old team. The win against Seattle and the win last night against Edmonton uh, kind of shows you that he might be a real legit backup for this team. He won the job during training camp. Rangers have always had a nice staple of um, good quality backup goaltenders uh, going back to Talbot, going back to Georgiev. 
Um, I don't think Igor Shostorkin wants to play 70-plus games, but going into the season, the feeling was, well, could Quick handle playing north of 15, 16 games? Well, at least early on here, he's been able to, to take care of it. He's played two of the first seven games, won them both. He's allowed just one goal. He's made three appearances. Remember, going back last week before they left on the road, they got beat up by Nashville. He came in to replace Igor in the third period, went nine for nine save-wise in the third. So he has been really good for them, and I know um, – Peter Laviolette's got a lot of confidence in him. Looked like he was only going to play the one game against Seattle on the five-game road trip. Now he's gotten a chance to play two. I'm sure it'll be Igor the rest of the way um, in Vancouver and Winnipeg, but you you, you feel like maybe Jonathan Quick uh, has got something there. But Edmonton just looks like a mess right now. Connor McDavid's going to try to push to be available Sunday for the Heritage Classic, which our buddy E.J. Raddick is going to be calling for uh, international TV. But that should be a lot of fun. They're doing it in October instead of you know late in, in the winter when it's going to be freezing. It's still going to be cold up there. But you remember that first one uh, with uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers? Something I did not remember. I heard it on the radio on the NHL Network on Sirius Satellite Radio Um Craig Button, friend of the show, was on, and he mentioned it, and, and I had forgotten about it. I wonder if Anthony Pusick remembers, being a big Ranger fan, that when they had the Heritage Classic in Edmonton uh, between the Canadians and the Oilers, they remember that was when um, Jose Theodore had the toque, and it was cold. It was 2003. Uh, that's 20 years ago. That's why, you know, the anniversary now, that they had a alumni game the night before and Glenn Sather gave Mark Messier permission, who was still an active player with the Rangers at the time, gave permission for him to go out to Edmonton to skate with the Oilers in the alumni game. I had completely forgotten about that. I don't know if that was on your radar at all, Anthony. But uh, if the you early two thousands were fun, I know. But and you were young. But I'm just saying that it, it, it just would never happen today. No, no, and you would understand it not happening today. I mean, I know it's an alumni game, and it's kind of like patty cake, but can you imagine if he hit a rut, went down, injured his knee? Now, the 2003 Rangers weren't any good, and at at that time of the season, they probably weren't going to the playoffs, but, you know, he's your captain, and you let him go. But, listen, Sather understood. You know, he was was responsible for building that dynasty in Edmonton. He got it. He probably understood. Mark probably begged him to go, but you're right. In 2023... I'm just trying to think of, of the um, of the comp of like who's right now an older former flame or oiler playing someplace else that you would allow them to leave and go play an alumni game on Saturday night. I I, I can't imagine that it would ever happen. Yager, yeah. get him out of uh, the Czech Republic and who is that you said? Yager. Oh yeah, well, he yeah. could play for the Flames, right? I got <laughs> yeah, he did play for the by Flames. definition. Yeah, you know, he only he only played. The, the funny story is that the reason he played for the Flames is is that he had never played for a Canadian franchise. For all the teams that he jumped around to, he never played up in Canada. So Calgary gave him the opportunity, and so he just wanted to be able to to check that box. I I, I thought that was kind of funny as like the reasoning for it. It's a good puck, Doku. Yeah, it is. Well, Yager is like the go to guy, right? Um, yeah. So it, it, it's. I I can't think of a comp, but it's still pretty, uh, pretty cool that that happened. So that heritage class is going to be coming up there. But uh, the, the 
getting back to the original point, upper body injury for Connor McDavid. He's going to try to fight through it and see if he can at least play. Because that it's listen, he's the best player in the NHL, right? And it's a big thing up in Canada, the Heritage Classic, and to, to not have him play. Um, would, would really suck. So, uh, But I also hope for his sake and for the Oilers' sake that he's not rushing back for it. It's still early in the season. He's too important. Nobody's going to throw dirt on the Oilers because of a bad start through the first seven games. But still, 1-5-1 and one is ugly. So hopefully he'll be cleared to play and he'll play because he's okay, not just because of the fact that he's just desperate to go out there and play. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Adam uh, wanted to answer the question I asked back on Wednesday about how you felt about the Frozen Frenzy. And Adam said, I hope the Frozen Frenzy can happen multiple times a season. Just wish Barry Melrose hadn't had to leave ESPN, but I bet the loved watching it. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty cool um, to be able to see it. It would have been even better, obviously, if you were able to get uh, I really I, the face of, of NHL hockey at ESPN. Even when the NHL abandoned ESPN outside of when he left to go coach those 16 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Barry Melrose has always been there. He's a fixture, and it kind of just sucked that um, he's not a, he's not a part of it, and we wish him the best of luck with his, uh, with his retirement. And, of course, he is fighting uh, with Parkinson's that forced him into the retirement. So just a great guy. Got a chance to work with him a few times over at ESPN. As a matter of fact, if you go to YouTube, you'll probably find some old videos of, of hockey previews that I have done with him. Um, just, a, just a terrific, terrific guy, and um, I'll miss him around the rink. Nick says, hey, Don, do you know what happened to ESPN Plus highlight show in the crease? I watch that every morning for my hockey highlights. Any advice on other highlight shows besides the NHL Network, which is great? but not offered on YouTube TV. Oh, that's a good... Uh, I, I don't really know any place else that you can go. I'm not even sure what the background... I don't know if Anthony knows what uh, what happened to In the Crease. Uh, maybe it'll get picked up a little bit later on during the course of the season. I know the, the Point is also a really good show, but that's more of a preview show. Um, the NHL Network not being on YouTube TV sucks because that, that, that they do the best job with On the Fly and NHL Now and all that. And I'm not just saying that because I work there or that you know our friend EJ Raddick works there, but they they do a terrific job, um, and you know Canada does a great job as well. But you know, unfortunately, here in the states, we don't get access to that because they've got tons of shows on TSN and Sportsnet, uh, but none of them that you can access here in the states. Uh, Tim says, "Is Benoit Allaire the best goalie coach to ever do it?" When it's all said and done, yes, he revived Halak. He revived quick. He has his hands on two Vesna Trophy winners with Igor and Hank. Quick looks like he's refreshed off the Conn Smythe win. Listen, Ben, Benny is tremendous. I mean, there is nobody better. And Benny, correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony, has survived how many coaches, right? Rennie, A lot of coaches. Tortorella, Tortorella A.V., uh, David Quinn, uh, Gallant, now uh, getting a chance to, to, to coach with Peter Laviolette. And they're all smart because they know. They all bring in their own coaches. And some of them don't want to mess with the goaltenders. But why would you mess? He is the best. He is done. He, he, and, and that's a great point by Tim. I should have mentioned it when I talked about uh, the great pedigree the Rangers have had with their goaltending and their backup goaltending. That's all Ben. Ben Waller is terrific. He's such a funny guy when on the road. He's such a personable guy. And he'll talk to you. He still has that thick French accent. And 
He's always interested in you, always says hello. I could see him on the bridge level for home games and, and, and traveling on the road. I'd see him at the hotel or hanging around the game. And for whatever reason, I never asked, I never pried. He will not do any interviews. I figured that he'd be a perfect guy to talk to during an intermission because he's always up there in the press box or for a preview, and he won't do it. And, and, and the reason he won't do it is not because he's a jerk. It's just that he doesn't real he doesn't think he, there's a reason to interview him. Like he, he's such a humble person. So every once in a while, I'll joke around like outside the locker room when I'm in the room trying to do interviews in the in, after the morning skate, and I've got my microphone. Uh, and I'll see Benny, and I'll stick the microphone in his face like for a quote, and he'll just laugh. He's just such a great guy. So, yeah, good job, Tim, for it's bringing that Tom up. Tom Rennie on. Yeah, Tom Rennie on. Right, so Tom Rennie on. 2004 so on. Yeah, so he has been there for 20 years, and he's got that job for as long uh, as he wants it. Oh, look, uh, Sir Harvey Cruz, who was our board up last night for the Rangers-Oilers game. Steve Young said, we don't get a true sense of the NFL teams until Thanksgiving. So when do you think we get a true sense of NHL teams, and how long will Vegas be undefeated? Well, it's a great question, Harvey, because what is that line? Well, I guess the line, and it's interesting that you know Steve Young said Thanksgiving. If you look, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's changed a little bit recently, but it still holds pretty true that teams that are in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving, and I say American Thanksgiving because it's a different date than Canadian Thanksgiving, usually still make the playoffs. Like So it shows you how difficult it is to move. So if you, are, if you get off to a good start and you're in the playoffs by the time we get to December, then you usually do enough to be able to stay there. So... But it usually takes that long to figure out who you are. That's why sometimes you get exposed in the postseason, right? Because you were able to get a bunch of points when you really weren't sure who you were. Then you get exposed in the second half of the season, but you compiled enough points to still make the playoffs. So I, I for me, you know, you, especially when you got new coaches, you see what's happening with the, with the Rangers, right? They've had some up and downs. What it was it the first four games of the season? They alternated wins, and now they've won three in a row. That tells you that maybe they're starting to get bearings on a new system, where teams that have the same system, same coach, have at least, unless they have injuries, a better chance to kind of get started and, and stay. I, I kind of, like I didn't want to do the top five today because I still think it's early. I, I feel that... Once you start getting to Thanksgiving and teams get past that quarter pole and, and you start to get to the 20-game mark where you start to really feel like, all right, now I kind of figure out where you are. Because by the time you get to December, if you're still, oh, they're still working on the system or they're still trying to figure out the power play or they're still trying to work out who their starting goaltender is, then you're probably not that good of a team. So I, I would say whatever the date it is, by 20 games, that's enough of a sample size to say, all right, I think that team's pretty good. Or, or I think that team's awful. So if Edmonton – now Edmonton's played seven games. They're 1-7-1. and one. So if over the next 13 games they're playing the same way, then I'd throw in the towel and say, you know, maybe you need to make a coaching change or this is not going to turn around. But um, still a little bit too early. So I'd say the 20-game mark for me. Joe says, hey, Don, I'm enjoying the team so far. I never thought I'd say I like the 1-3-1, but they needed a system. Bread has laugh cooking. Once we get Mika, Kako will follow suit. Thoughts? Yes. 
people got to realize whether it's the left wing lock, one three one, the trap. It came out of necessity back in the dead puck era with the expansion teams that didn't have offense, so they figured well, we're going to try to win games low scoring. But when the Canadians did it, when the Red Wings did it back in the day, and they had offense, you can counter punch off of these systems. And the Rangers have enough firepower to where they don't have to be a bore fest. Now that you look at the Islanders, they don't have the firepower. So that's why everybody accuses them of being boring. Rangers have the firepower to counter off of this system, create turnovers, get odd man rushes, which we see a lot here early in the season. So I'm with you. Lafreniere, four goals in his first seven. Panarin, uh, second longest streak to start a season with a point. He's got a point in all seven games so far this year. Um, Heedle's been very good. He didn't score last night, but he had five points in the previous two games. Uh, you know Kreider's going to get his 35-plus. Mika's going to start to warm up here, still gets assists, even though he's not scoring any goals. No, you got to be pretty happy with Lavi, uh, uh, what Peter Laviolette has done here. I, I love the hire. I, I think he's brought structure. And, and i got to tell you, the way things may end up going here, when you see what Lafreniere has been able to do, and when you see how offensive they've they've been and the structure, this may not age very well for Gerard Gallant. You know, everybody was wondering why'd you fire him? You you went went to the conference final his first year. You made the playoffs, finished in third place second year. All right, you got upset by the Devils. Big deal. There was a lack of structure. There was a lack of direction, and some some players were dying on the vine. They were, and you know, Kako hasn't warmed up quite yet. But Lafreniere's playing terrific. Benito's been a terrific addition for them, blocking shots and, and doing all the things you need a, a fourth-line center to do. Tremendous amount of production out of the blue line. They got, what, three points from defenseman last night. Schneider with two points. Fox scored a goal. Um, getting production from the third pairing, too, which is kind of crazy. And he deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit. He's, he's, a, he's a good coach, and I think you're going to start to see over time that um, – they made the right decision on on the coaching change for sure. There is no uh, there's no reason this team should have been in the situation uh, that they were in last year, and I think they got it right. Give Chris Drury a lot of credit. He admitted that there was a mistake being made, uh, that he made a mistake, and and he was able to correct it, which is pretty awesome. Bobby says, "What do you make of the Devils' start?" Not solely on the record, but the way they've gotten there. Seems like they're confirming that they have the talent to outperform a lot of mistakes, but are still committing too many. Also, do you think Hughes could crack 150 points like McDavid? I got to tell you, you look at the start. What is the stat now? He's got, what is it, 15 points in the first six games? I He's look got seventeen points. Seventeen in the first in, in the six first games. Six games, which um, is the most since Mario Lemieux in the ninety five ninety six season. Is that good? That's very good. That's good. <laughs> so, but but you make a good point um, that they bail themselves out a lot because of how offensive they are. But when you look at that Washington game, they came back from three nothing down. They played Friday was. Com- was was god awful from start to finish they played terribly all right i don't know what it was they get back late from montreal the night before whatever uh they were the only them in washington that was the only game so they were the only teams that had played the night before it was the only game and washington was good jumped out three nothing lead devil score four unanswered goals four three okay you think you're great and then bang what ends up happening uh the next uh 
the next three goals are Washington. You end up losing the game 6-4, whatever it is. You know, Hughes was great, but Hughes sometimes tries to do too much, and he, he turned the puck over on what turned out to be the game-winning goal because they can fight through it. They're so tremendously talented, especially with Heashier healthy now and Brad and Mercer. They're, they're really, they're stacked, stacked with talent. But their goaltending I still don't think is very good. And they sometimes get a little full of themselves and they forget their own structure. And the offense isn't always going to be able to bail you out. Washington's not a great team. There's no reason that team should have put a six spot up on you. Vanacek has not looked great. Um, but boy, uh, we talked about it with EJ Raddick back on Monday. And again, I don't want to be disparaging. We talked about it a little, a little bit Carpy too. Uh, of the Verbeeks and the Kirk Mullers and the John McClains and certainly Patrick Eliash. It's this kid is just so immensely talented. And, and, and when you start anytime you're doing something and the first name that pops up is Mario Lemieux, that, that's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. He's just been machine scoring wise. But the Devils overall, it's not going to be enough to be able to make any kind of run. You still got to have structure. You still got to play defense. Your goaltender still has to play great. So we'll see. And you're also, to answer the question, can he crack 150 points? Sure, he's got the talent to do it. But there's a reason why it doesn't happen very often. There's only a handful of guys in the history of the sport that have been able to go over 150 points. And all of them are Hall of Famers. All of them. You know, Lemieux and Gretzky and Esposito. Those are the kind of guys that do that. You know, so... You're going to err on the side of, yeah, there's going to be lumps. There's going to be times where the points aren't going to be there. In all likelihood, it's not going to happen right away, which tells you if he's on pace to do it now, that means there might be a lot of games where he comes up empty. And are you able to win when that happens? Also, for Jack Hughes, stay healthy. Play 82 games. I mean, that's going to be important, too. If you're going to put up those type of stats, you know, you can't, you know, throw out your shoulder and miss two weeks. And things are going to happen. I get it. I'm not saying he's injury prone, but you do see the way that he plays. He's not scared to, to go up the middle. He's not scared to go to the boards. He's going to get hit. He's not, he's diminutive in size. He's not large. He's not like, he's not big like Mario Lemieux. And the physicality forced Lemieux to retire earlier than he wanted to before he decided to make his comeback, right? Gretzky was so elusive, it didn't matter. Um, they're going to get you. They're going to find a way to find you and, and nail you, and you don't want to get hurt every time that happens. And um, It'll be interesting to see whether he can keep up this pace. But he is a hidden gem. You know, New Jersey isn't one of those national teams gets talked about a lot. They don't get talked about a lot in the New York metropolitan area. But you start having a conversation. Honestly, this could be a, a fun conversation on the Michael K. Show, Anthony, at some point of when you talk about the, the best – like if you want to go the top five athletes in New York sports, just off the top of my head, I don't know how you don't put him on that list. Friend of the show, we got to get him back on. Friend of the show, we had him on as a kid. I swear to God, it was like a twelve-year-old walked in. He had acne. I mean, he, the Devils drafted him first overall. They brought him into our studio. Michael was off. Peter and I were in the studio together. And my Peter's like, oh my God, this kid is so young. I said, yeah, but he's immensely talented. And fast forward a few years later, and he's one of the best players in the league. But if we were having that conversation, Anthony, you know, obviously Aaron Judge would have to be uh, there. Um, uh, certainly Igor Shosturkin, what he's accomplished winning a Vesna Trophy, would have to be a part of that conversation. You know, basketball wise, and Brunson, certainly Randall. I don't know if there'd be a net. 
that you would throw in there. Football, I guess. Garrett Wilson and Saquon. Garrett Wilson, Saquon Barkley, Quinnen Williams. uh, Quinnen Williams is a good one um, too, yeah. Yeah, Sauce Gardner. But as far, but I I will say that it's two different conversations, and not everybody loves hockey the way we do, Anthony. No, like Sauce Gardner is a terrific player. He's not going to captivate you because part of the reason he's so great is they're not throwing in his direction. Well, it's a position so, thing for sure. But you know to to watch Jack Hughes play. I mean, it's just fun to watch him play. It just is, and and um, he's up there with the McDavid's and the Drysidles and the McKinnons and the, the Matthews. And he's, I, I think he's in that conversation now. I do. Uh, and um, you talk about New York sports. I can't really think. Uh, Pete Alonzo would have to be in there as well. But um, Jack Hughes may not get a lot of votes because it's the it's hockey and it's the Devils. But if you're really honest with yourself and you love all the sports and you watch all the sports like Anthony does, like I do. It would be very, very difficult to leave Jack Hughes off of that list. So um, enjoy the weekend. I'll have the call tomorrow of Rangers and Canucks. That's game four of the Rangers' five-game road trip. So I'm looking forward to that. So I will talk to you on the Michael K. Show. I will talk to you on Monday. We'll have EJ on, and we'll dive into the whole weekend, find out how things went at the Heritage Classic on Monday, on Sunday. That's going to be on TBS for everybody here in the state. So take a look at that. I know it's Sunday. I know it's football, but it's 7 o'clock. So uh, you should be able to – all the 4 o'clocks might be over by then. And before we – the Sunday night game is putrid. I mean, the Sunday night game is uh, – what is it? Uh, Bears-Chargers, right? That's uh, right. You know what? Watch the heritage. And if you watched the Rangers te- last night, am, the visual is beautiful of what of what the stadium looks like already because they showed uh, a visual of it last night. And we also, if you read, um, if you read uh, the the book from uh, from Kenny Kenny Albert's book, and he mentioned it last night during the broadcast, Anthony, in that stadium, Kenny Albert kicked a fifteen yard field goal. Wow. Now I I wouldn't brag about that. I mean that's from the five yard line. That's right. Like, which, uh, but still, I mean, I kicked the, I kicked like a twenty-five yarder at the Giants facility. Um, I remember that all going down. Ago. That was a lot of fun. But because he, he he mentioned that what they did when they were in the bubble during COVID in Edmonton, they would get all get in a van and they would drive across the street. The stadium's not that far from where uh, Rogers' place is now, and they would drive into the stadium so that the media and all the people that were in the bubble could exercise because they had a track there and they can walk around and 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 get some exercise in because they didn't want them walking around in the city obviously because it was the bubble and so he said he kicked a 15-yard field goal Mika Zibanejad also is a very good field goal kicker from what I understand he's got a lot of talents because he's um because he's a big time soccer player so Listen, we uh, we derailed here, but you know what? That's what we do on this podcast because we talk hockey and we love doing it. So we will be back with you again on Monday with EJ Raddick. Want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is the way to do that. Enjoy the weekend. Some warm weather coming up here on the uh, the East Coast. Should be a lot of fun for people to kind of get like a – uh, an extra extension of summer before all of a sudden it's going to start to turn cold and the regular season gets a little deeper. So we'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.